It's Friday, May 24th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, British Prime Minister Theresa May announced that she's calling it quits. We'll break down what her exit means for Brexit. Then, the DOJ is charging WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange under the Espionage Act. We'll tell you why journalists everywhere are raising the alarm about this spy novel treatment. And finally, the $20 bill. Politics meets art. We're here to make your Friday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Delta. Delta flies to 300 cities around the world. And you can listen to Skim This in all of them. The most complicated story today is about the United Kingdom, which is not so united right now. This has been on watch for a while, but this morning, British Prime Minister Theresa May finally said she's throwing in the towel. I will shortly leave the job that it has been the honor of my life to hold. The second female prime minister, but certainly not the last. I do so with no ill will, but with enormous and enduring gratitude to have had the opportunity to serve the country I love. Yeah, you heard that right. Theresa May is only the second woman to hold the job, and she's leaving after only three years, one of the shortest terms for a prime minister in modern times. She took power after David Cameron stepped down when the Brits voted to leave the European Union in 2016. And essentially, May had one job, negotiate Brexit. That was a bit of a shambles. It is and will always remain a matter of deep regret to me that I have not been able to deliver Brexit. It will be for my successor to seek a way forward that honors the result of the referendum. We're going to get into how this happened, why Theresa May's plan for how to leave the EU couldn't get passed, and what happens next. Okay, first, how did we get here? The main reason Theresa May resigned today is because she couldn't get anyone to agree on her plan to leave the EU. Like we said, in 2016, Brits voted to leave the union and go it alone. But this is a 46-year relationship we're talking about here. Contracts had been signed, there was money owed, national borders at stake. The messiest divorce you can imagine. Back before they voted, Brexiteers had said, piece of cake, cup of tea. Theresa May wasn't as gung-ho for Brexit. But after the vote, even she was like, maybe we don't even need a deal. No deal for Britain is better than a bad deal for Britain. She changed her mind later, after experts said, yeah, this would be catastrophic for the UK, for a million reasons. So May lived out of a suitcase for two years, traveling back and forth to Brussels to negotiate with EU leaders on an agreement. By November 2018, Theresa May and the EU said, I think we've got it. But May still needed sign-off from the members of parliament, or MPs, back home. And she started testing the waters this past January. Now, May's conservative party, known as the Tories, are in the majority. So you'd think this would be no sweat, but our party's hardliners threw the deal under the bus. They said it kept them too close to the EU. Some wanted to leave without a deal. One of the big issues was what to do with the border between Northern Ireland, part of the UK, and the Republic of Ireland, which is staying with the EU. Leaving the EU without a deal would mean possibly closing off the borders between the two, which could spur a resurgence of violence in the region. Her plan was to keep that border open. They call it the backstop or the last resort. But that still hasn't been settled. By this point, May was getting less and less popular. But she was committed to seeing this through. 
In March, she even offered to quit if her party just passed the deal already. No go. Parliament voted her deal down for the third time. Which brings us to this week. Theresa May saw that her party wasn't getting in line, and she tried one last-ditch effort. She sidled up to the opposition party, the Labor Party, who she'd kind of been ignoring this whole time, and she dangled a carrot in front of them. The same deal as before, but with the possibility of holding a do-over Brexit vote. Labor said, too little, too late. That was on Tuesday. Today, May said, I'm out. So what's next? Theresa May will step down as head of the Conservative Party on June 7th, but she'll stay on as prime minister until her party holds its election. They're thinking sometime in July, before parliament breaks for the summer. A bunch of people have already thrown their hat in the ring, including maybe British Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt. Like May, he initially voted to remain in the EU, but he supported her throughout this entire process, until this week, when she tried to get Labour on board. That's when Hunt said, see ya. Now he's reportedly planning on replacing her. So Hunt will probably not throw May's deal out entirely. Not so with the leading contender right now, Boris Johnson, former foreign secretary and hardcore pro-Brexit guy. So hardcore that he's saying, let's just make an Irish exit and leave the EU without a deal. See what happens. If that sounds familiar, you're not wrong. But experts say doing that would likely mean chaos. Food and medicine shortages, endlessly long lines at customs, trash piling up. So yeah, maybe not. The opposition says, let the people decide who moves into 10 Downing Street. The head of that group, labor leader Jeremy Corbyn, has been pitching an early general election. Yeah, they can just do that. And if Labour won that election, it'd be a whole new crew in charge of Parliament and in charge of the Brexit negotiations. Plot twist. Final option, a Brexit vote do-over. Recent polls show support for the EU is actually up, but no one in Parliament seems ready to call for that right now. So what's the skim? There are still a bunch of issues to be solved, no matter who takes over. The backstop with Ireland is still an issue. And while the UK is negotiating with the EU, other countries who want to trade with both of them are rolling their eyes. This has not been good for the markets, and a no deal could make it even worse. As of right now, Brexit is still on. The deadline for leaving the EU was originally back in April, but the union gave the UK a little more time. The deadline is now on Halloween. Trick or treat. Brexit has been busting the Brits for two years, but it's also having a ripple effect on us. If you want to know more about how Brexit could impact your wallet, we have more at theskim.com slash money. Ran out of coffee? Staring at an empty toilet paper roll? Just used the last of the toothpaste and you've got a date? Everyone's been there. And Delta flies there to 300 cities around the world. That's 300 cities where people are going to a convenience store to fill up on supplies in their pajamas. Delta doesn't just fly to 300 cities to bring us together at those stores. They do it to show us that we weren't that far apart to begin with. Delta, keep climbing. So another person in the UK who's having a bad day, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. The U.S. Department of Justice has indicted Assange on 17 new counts of violating the Espionage Act, and these new charges dramatically changed the case against him. So first, what is the Espionage Act? It's been around for more than a century. It was passed after the U.S. got into the First World War. 
the law made it a crime for anyone to share information on national security or to help U.S. enemies. Loose lips sink ships, that kind of thing. Here's why they say it applies in Assange's case. So back in 2010, Assange allegedly helped an army intelligence analyst named Chelsea Manning crack a code to access hundreds of thousands of classified documents from a military computer network. Then Assange published the docs on the website WikiLeaks and shared them with big media companies like the New York Times. That leak exposed information about all kinds of things, detainees in Guantanamo Bay, U.S. operations in Iraq and Afghanistan, and State Department cables. Chelsea Manning was charged with espionage and sent to prison for 35 years. President Obama commuted her sentence before he left office. Last month, Assange was charged with conspiracy for helping Manning steal the documents. But yesterday, the U.S. government decided to up the ante. The DOJ is charging Assange with conspiring to obtain and disseminate classified materials. Here's Assistant AG John Demers. These alleged actions disclosed our sensitive classified information in a manner that made it available to every terrorist group, hostile foreign intelligence service, and opposing military. Documents relating to these disclosures were even found in the Osama bin Laden compound. The indictment also alleges that Assange identified Afghan and Iraqi sources helping U.S. forces, as well as journalists, human rights activists, and political dissidents living in oppressive regimes. Basically, they say he put those people at risk. Still, journalists are raising red flags about the case because of the First Amendment. That's the reason there's probably going to be a legal challenge. Because Assange says he's a journalist, and this is freedom of speech. The Supreme Court has upheld journalists' use of illegally obtained information in the past. But here's what Assistant AG John Demers has to say about that. Julius Assange is no journalist. This is made plain by the totality of his conduct as alleged in the indictment. Some experts agree. They say Assange crossed a line when he helped his source steal classified government info. But other experts are pushing back. They worry that it's a slippery slope from prosecuting the founder of WikiLeaks to going after the likes of the New York Times and the Washington Post. And here's a twist that's important to note. Whether or not Assange actually faces these charges is not up to the U.S. It's up to the U.K. He's in prison there right now, and they ultimately have the power to decide whether to extradite him, meaning send him back, to the other countries where he faces charges. The U.K. has a treaty with the U.S. to do that, but the British Home Secretary could decide to block that extradition if he doesn't think Assange will be getting a fair shake in the U.S. Summer season is wedding season. That's taken on a whole new meaning on the other side of the world today. Last week, Taiwan became the first Asian country to legalize marriage equality. The law went into effect today, and Taiwanese officials say that more than 160 same-sex couples said, I do, on day one. Here's a translator for one of the first couples to get married. Today, I can candidly tell everyone in front of so many people that we've got married. We are gay, and I feel that we're so lucky. As another first couple pointed out, same-sex marriage is just the first step. I hope that in the future, through this legalization, that gay people can be accepted by Taiwanese society as ordinary people. The end of next week marks the beginning of Pride Month. Throughout the month of June, the skim will have coverage on the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots, the historic figures you need to know, and more. Before we head out for the long weekend, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the 20 in your wallet. 
You may have heard the controversy over this. Right now, the face on the 20 is Andrew Jackson, the seventh U.S. president and famous slave owner. In 2020, it was supposed to get a facelift with Harriet Tubman, the former slave and a conductor of the Underground Railroad. But this week, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin nixed that change until 2028. But there's a fix for Tubman fans. An artist in New York has made a stamp of Harriet Tubman's face that fits right over Jackson's. He's been stamping every 20 he can get his hands on, and he's selling the stamp on Etsy. To be clear, defacing currency is illegal, but it's unclear if this rule applies here. Either way, the guy's already sold all the Tubman face stamps he made, more than 600, and he's got back orders. But until then, he's posted a DIY stamp tutorial for people to make their own. You know what they say, if you want something done, do it yourself. And that's all for Skim This. We're signing off for the long weekend, and we'll be observing Memorial Day on Monday. Big thanks to all who've served, including some of our colleagues here at The Skim. We'll be back in your feed on Tuesday. Also back on Tuesday, our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. You can sign up at theskim.com. Thank you so much for listening this week, and don't forget to hit subscribe. We'd love for you to share the show with your friends and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.